0: Our scripture reading this morning is from John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. You may locate this text on page 979 of your Pew Bibles. But before we begin, let us pray. Startle us, O God. Startle us out of our everyday routine, out of our Sunday best behavior, and into your presence. Startle us with your word. And open our hearts wide so that we may receive it. Amen. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about her brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever, amen.
1: So friends, as I look back over my long life of worship, I think there is one particular worship experience that was by far the saddest and the most despairing. The memorial service was for Michael, the youngest son of one of my new staff colleagues, I had just moved to Louisville, Kentucky, to work for the national offices of the Presbyterian Church USA, and on our floor, in a different department, but on our floor, was a staff person named Karen, and her youngest son, Michael, had died. She posted the time for the service, and so a number of us gathered together. I had never met Michael, of course, and I'd met Karen, but just a couple of times, The service was actually in the backyard of a nearby friend because Michael loved the outdoors. He was 22 years old, and we discovered during the service that he had battled addiction and depression during his short life. Some of you know that battle firsthand, and I honor your courage, your resilience, your perseverance. Some of you know this with loved ones. And I honor your courage, your perseverance, your resilience. We found out that Michael ended up taking his own life. When we got there for the service, people greeted us, greeted each other. A lot of young adults were there, Michael's friends, his extended family, his sisters. His dad got up first. And began to share some stories about Michael's life. And then he couldn't go forward anymore because he was crying. Then his mom got up and tried to do the same. A whole series of people got up and they each sort of shared different stories about Michael. And then two of Michael's friends had a guitar and they brought a guitar out. And we sang some songs. At the closing of the service, the ritual was they gave each of us a small little plant. And we took that home, and they said, please plant this somewhere and remember Michael. And that was it. That was all. He lived, he struggled, he died. That was it. On the way back, driving home, I realized my great struggle was obviously that that's not it. That's not all. The story does not end with death. But I knew that the family didn't believe that. That they were a people of no faith, not any faith, just no faith. So all they could do in their profound, unfathomable grief was tell stories and sing some songs and just try to remember. Death won. Death got the last word. All they could do was remember and cry. It was the saddest service I've ever experienced because it was so despairing. I think Martha and Mary are in the same place because their beloved brother Lazarus has died and all they can do now is remember stories and cry in their profound grief. So then the Bible text that Dee just read for us says... Lazarus had been dead four days. That detail is significant because, in Jewish thinking at the time, once the person died, they believed that the soul lingered for three days. And on the fourth day, the soul departed. And so death had set in and claimed that person. Lazarus had been dead four days. There is every indication in the text that Jesus knew Mary and Martha and Lazarus and loved them. So Lazarus had gotten ill. Mary and Martha had sent word to Jesus. He was nearby. He was just on the other side of the Jordan River. And for whatever reason, Jesus didn't get there. He didn't get there on time. Lazarus had been dead now four days. Jesus is making his way to Bethany, to their house, and Martha leaves the house. That's also significant because in Jewish ritual tradition, after a person dies, the family stays in the home for seven days. For Martha to leave the house was a complete break with tradition. She confronts Jesus. And she says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Where have you been, Jesus? You knew Lazarus. He was one of your good friends. You loved him. I know you did we sent word to you days ago where have you been if you had been here he would not be dead don't you understand that in the next breath this is remarkable to me in the next breath martha says to jesus but i know that god will give you whatever you ask of him where have you been but i know That God will give you whatever you ask of him. Then Jesus says to her this cryptic statement your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. And Martha says what she knows. From the tradition the jewish tradition she says i know that my brother will rise again in the resurrection on the last day what she's referring to is the understanding common among jews at the time that when the messiah comes all who have been dead will be raised up in some way to walk with the messiah that's what she understands and so she says i know lord jesus On the resurrection day, when the Messiah comes, then he will raise up. And Jesus says to Martha, the fifth of his I am statements. So we've been in this journey together here in this sermon series on the seven I am statements of Jesus Christ. We started off with the very first one. Jesus said, I am the bread of Yeah, the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Second statement, he says, I am the light of of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Last week, we talked about two statements because they're in the same conversation. Jesus says, I am the gate for the... Oh good for the sheep, I'm the gate for the sheep, and I have come that you might have life and have life how? abundantly, not just life, I have come that you might have life abundantly. Then Jesus also said, I am the good I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice, and they follow me. And now Jesus to Martha says his fifth i am statement he says martha i am the resurrection and the life martha says i know lord that lazarus will be raised up again in the resurrection on the last day jesus says martha i am the resurrection and the life whoever believes in me even though they die they will live and whoever lives and believes in me will never die Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, they will live. And whoever lives and believes in me, they will never die. It was in the week following Michael's service that a number of us were talking together, reflecting on the service, staff people at the Presbyterian Center. And one of my colleagues turned to me and said, it's so sad because suicide is an unforgivable sin. And I turned to her and said, I'm sorry, what? And she said, well, suicide is the unforgivable sin. And I said, that is nowhere in the Bible. And she said, it's not? It's, it's not. I said, no. In fact, what's in the Bible is what you actually just heard the Reverend Sally Wright say in the assurance of pardon. What's in the Bible, God inspires the Apostle Paul to write. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am convinced of this, that death doesn't separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, nor does life, nor does powers, or rulers, or principalities, or things to present, or things to come, or height nor depth, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The next time someone mutters to you this ridiculous understanding that suicide is an unforgivable sin, you say to them, it is a lie. Okay, say it kinder than I just said it. (laughs) But in your head, you think that is a lie because nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And because he is, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Yesterday in the chapel, the Reverend Sally Wright proclaimed that truth for Bill Moffat, On Friday, here in this space, we proclaimed that truth for Gloria Reed. Last Tuesday, here in this sanctuary, some of you were here and you sang it. Reverend Tom R. proclaimed that truth for George Smith. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The reason we can proclaim that as truth is Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he did it. He died on the cross. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And in that moment, he changed everything. Death no longer has the last word. Do you understand it? Death doesn't get to win anymore because Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in him, even though they die, they will live. And those who live and believe in him, they will never die. Jesus Christ says I am the resurrection and the life. Nothing can separate you from my love. Death can't do that anymore. So last April Ron died, a member of this congregation. I was privileged to lead his service as well. Visiting with him before he was dying, before he died, while he was dying, we talked about life and death. I said, Ron, the days are coming soon. And he said, yes. I said, are you afraid? And he said, oh, no. I said, why? And he told me, I didn't know this, he told me that a number of years earlier, he had had a sudden heart attack, completely out of the blue, surprised him, everybody else. And for a few moments, he died. Technically, He died. But by the grace of God, he was resuscitated. And he said, Pastor, I have a distinct memory of that time. I was at a party. It was the best party ever. There was all kinds of people there. It was amazing. I said, really, Ron? He goes, oh, yeah. I'm going to the party. Yes, you are. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, they will live. And those who live and believe in me, they will never die. Bill Moffat's at the party. And Gloria Reed is at the party. And George Smith is at the party. And my parents. Alice and Dick Nishioka, they're at the party. And my sister-in-law, she's at the party too. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Michael is also at the party too. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus says, all who believe in me, even though they die, they'll live. And those who live and believe in me, they will never die. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And I, I am the resurrection and the life. Thanks be to God.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.